Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. Hey guys! Hello, everybody. Go on, at that point. <laughs> yeah, Connor, you did send us a photo. We did show it last week. Did you get week. that? Uh, it was yeah. like... <laughs> oh, you did? Did you show the picture of the Bon Jovi oh, gig, might... which I told you not to it... show? Yeah, that's right. That's the you one. Did. It might not be the one that you thought you were going to see, but anyway, <laughs> the guys watching will we'll be able to tease you all the way through. Don't worry. It was a it was a Guns N' Roses gig last year, guys, or last week, which I uh, deeply appreciate your patience. But it was fantastic. Free ticket to Guns N' Roses. Sun setting behind the stage. November rain live. It was emotional. Um, so I loved it. But then here we are this week, and there's four of us this time. Uh, and uh, is this our first lady, our first female on the on the show? Karen, oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And Karen, and Karen, you are in so much and Karen, trouble, Connor. And Karen, and Karen Becker. Oh, yeah. And Karen Reed. Oh, yeah. And Karen, yeah. Oh, sorry, Kaz, she's yeah. listening. She's going to kill me for that. Anyway, um, right so... Absolutely. In, in Karen, you can't here. kill him. In fact, we'll hold him down, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Connor, you have, you've, you've found Julianne. You've been doing some work with her. Please, would you uh, introduce yeah. her? Tell us all about uh, about, yeah. about her, and then she can do it properly herself. <laughs> Julie-Anne is a cat extraordinaire. That's her business there. Naturally, cats, you'll find her. Um, and uh, Julie-Anne is a rock star, so she does an awful lot of stuff. That she's kind of classically trained as a behaviorist, so that's her bent, and that's, uh, that's her stuff. But now she is doing all sorts of holistic stuff. So big focus on energies and, and chakra and that kind of stuff. Loves a bit of zoo pharmacosy which is uh, kind of the way I found her, actually. Uh, author of a book, The Aromatic Cat, which is fantastic. You can find it on our website. Uh, highly recommended. Most cat people uh, talk about that book. So you find it in the forums when you're talking to them about things. And that's another way I found Julianne. So yeah, so Dogs First was getting approached by uh, a number of moggy owners. And I never had anything to say except read my Raw Feeding Cats article, which I'm 50-50 on if, it's, if I'm sure it's okay. And now I just direct them to Julianne. So she has taken that uh, bit of pressure off me. So welcome, Julianne. Thanks for joining us tonight. Eager to learn everything you know. Thank you for having me, guys. It, it has been a dream to come here and join you all and to talk about cats and the work that you do. It's phenomenal for dogs. And every week I'm like, come on, come on, talk about cats, a little bit about cats, a bit more about cats. So I know, I know, Brendan, I'm like, yes, we're doing cats tonight. <laughs> Friends, so happy. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, 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 none of this, it's either or. I'm all for it's both. In fact, actually, there's goats and alpacas and a few other things as well. But, you know, that's deserve a little bit of their time. Do they not? Come on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. All of you out there, you don't just have dogs. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, listen, Julianne, I'm going to get in with the first question. What you, you were doing uh, a conventional behavioural work, I presume. How did you see the light? What was that Road to Damascus uh, event? That's a great question, Nick. So my, it all started with my very poorly cat pickle. 
she was so ill. She had diabetes, arthritis, pancreatitis, IBS, gingivitis, you know, and we just weren't getting anywhere with help, with help, you know, with her well-being. So, you know, she led me to training animal healing and zoopharmacognosy, which is self-selection, uh, Reiki and energy work. But the biggest learning really came in when we, we got a second cat, my partner at the time, wanted a second cat and I'm like oh, I'm, I'm happy with this one you know she loves me we've got a lovely bond brought a second cat in and I didn't know anything about behavior and it all went to pot so that's when I trained as a behaviorist to try to help two of them get along to you know establish boundaries territory and the learning curve when I trained as a behaviorist was like it was really steep it was it was phenomenal I mean looking back now I did everything like as wrong as you could do it <laughs> but the great thing is like now, you know, I see people that do, do the behavior stuff and, you know, it's only part of it. That's something that I've realized in the last few years that behavior is a tool, you know, and it is really important and it's really helpful, but it is just one part of it. So, you know, the last couple of years, I've particularly moved into using the remedies, the zoopharmacognosy work, uh, particularly herbs with cats. And now I'm kind of, that's moved into chakras and energy because that's, that kind of underpins it all. So nutrition, behavior, mental health, emotional health, it's all it's all together. You know, it's not a one, it's not a one-pronged approach. So that's why, like Connor said, you know, I'm a holistic cat therapist because it's what what can we do? Which, which bit needs help, essentially. That's that's the way I help people, you know. I love that. What was the answer to the question? So if the question was you thought the cat needed a bit of company. I would have thought cats are solitary enough animals. Do cats need company? What was the answer to the question you tried to find out? It depends on the cat. And, and I know that, that can be a bit of a cop-out, but it really does depend on the cat, I would say. So, you know, Pickle didn't like Lily at all, and it didn't go very well. You know, Max is loving being with Leo. Leo's not so keen. You know, so it really does depend on the cat. They're solitary hunters. So they don't necessarily hunt together, in my experience, and my opinion. But when it comes okay. to sort of social, how they live together, if you've got a few established boundaries and things in place, you know, they can they can get along. But it really depends on the cat. I love that. That's okay. a very homeopathic answer. You know, the, the classic homeopath uh, question is, uh, is this good for this particular, you know, is this remedy good for this particular disease? And it's uh, the, the classic answer is, well, that depends. Sometimes, maybe, okay, which is exactly what you've just gone through. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It, it's so. true. You know, I, I do believe that every cat is an individual. So I don't think there is a one size fits all in anything. You know, I think when it comes to, for example, like with medication, you've got certain symptoms that you can tick those boxes and it leads you to try it to, to see if that will help, you know, because that, that problem can be, can be fixed by that medication. But there are other elements to consider. What's the diet of the cat like? What's the environment like? What's their overall physical health like? You know, there it is a jigsaw. It, it, it is a really it's about the whole the whole approach. You know, and any cat as an individual. That's cool. Very I meant, good. I meant to say at the start of this, guys, for the cat followers that are listening, uh, if you've got any questions, pop them up in the feed so we can steal your questions and look really smart. But uh, we'll do our best to get to your questions as they as they come along. And um, I'm just going to jump in there with just to yeah, say yeah. Uh, thank you very much for all our Patreon people and uh, Pete, who always listens to all of these. Poor guy, he has to listen to every single one um, uh, uh, over and over again. Individually. And he says, please Tonight, mention four times. for the podcast people, 
We are now on any podcast medium. You go to that and you can take us with you when you go for a walk with your dog or the cat. Patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. You can find us on there and uh, any anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. Thank you. Absolutely. Julianne, sorry. Just um, doing the housekeeping. So listen, Julianne, tell us... Um, if if we like in the in the behavior side of things, do you get called out just for behavior consults, like, or is it more health consults that you do? Can you do behavior consults over Zoom, or do you have to go to people's homes with cats? Yeah, so I can do that. I do both. So I recently did a, a client here in Plymouth, and their cat got stuck in a carrier bag, just in the house as normal. Head got stuck in the loop of the handle, ended up tearing around the house, got super stressed you know, urinated, defecated everywhere, and then was reactive with the other cat in the home. So I went to their house, did, you know, two hours with them with some herbs, some oils, some healing, um, gave them some kind of like homework to do, you know, like in the background. Um, and a week later, you know, everyone's back together, a lovely, happy home. But I do also consults online. So yeah, I was really chuffed. That's amazing. Yeah, it was great. It was, and, and it takes time, you know, cats, when they suffer trauma, it doesn't doesn't go away overnight. That energy imprints in their body, and you've got to work to shift that, you know, from them. Um, I also have a, like a client in like Costa Rica and Ireland, you know, the US. So yeah, I could I do a lot remotely as well, and it's really about supporting the guardians, telling them, you know, well, not telling them, helping them to understand the behaviour from their cat. Why is your cat doing this? You know, what is it they're trying to tell you? Because in my opinion. No cat behavior is wrong. It's not bad. We just perhaps don't understand it. And that's where there's a bit of a miscommunication. You know, people come to me with problem behaviors, and I don't use that term because it's only a problem to us humans. We're the ones that have got an issue with it. Yes, the cat's weeing in the front room. Of course, that's not pleasant. That's not nice. It's not good if you've got kids and that's where you eat, et cetera. But the cat is trying to tell you something. So, you know, for me, the, the, um, it, it's about helping the guardians to understand what's going on. So what would you say, Karen, what, what would you say is the biggest uh, problem in nutrition, just bringing things down to a nutritional point? What's the biggest problems in nutrition that you get with cats, would you say? It's that they're fed dry food. And, and, you know, let's just put that right on the table. And for me, it affects everything. And it's, and it's really heartbreaking because that's what we thought was the right thing to do. You know, that's what we've been told by parents, by, you know, society, supermarkets. That's what we're thought, that's what we're told is the right thing to do. So I don't try to label people. It's not wrong. You know, it's not a species appropriate diet, in my opinion. But if your cat is currently on dry food, try your best to shift it. You know, so nutrition affects their behavior, their emotional state, their mental state, their physical state. All of the four elements, really, apart from like spiritual, that affects the cat. So when clients come to me and their cats are on dry food, regardless of why they come to me, it doesn't have to be a UTI or a urinary tract infection or problem behaviours. It could be because they're chronically ill or really out of sorts. My first question on my you know, consultation form is, what are you feeding? Because you know, dry food it, it's just so over-processed and so in, inappropriate for obligate carnivores that it's heartbreaking. Like, I can't believe we've got here, you know? I mean... I, I free-fed my cat dry food when I first got her. My very own cat pickle from uni. She, was, she had scabs on her ears. She was stray. She was, really, she was really haggard. 
and I just wanted to love her. So I love through food. And I just put down a bowl of dry and just topped it up like every day, you know. And she became obese. She became diabetic. And I wondered why we couldn't get her diabetes stable. And the vet just kept saying, you know, just upper insulin. I'm like, yeah. there's got to be more to it than that. There's got to be more to it than that. And he didn't once consider changing her diet. And I did all the research, which is, again, why I'm trying to help people like you guys are, right? Putting the information out, out there so people don't struggle like I'm sure you guys have and I have as well. Because, you know, as soon as we took her off dry food and even put her on to wet, she was her insulin was coming down. We were blood we were checking our blood glucose at home anyway, again against the vet, but felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. I think a really common question that uh, I often come across, and I would love to hear your answer for this, is um this this question that Sue sort of put up there, okay? Can't get my cat to eat raw. Um, you know, what what little tricks do you I say tricks, mm. what Tricks ways is good. I do like you, tricks. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Tricks, 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 yeah, tricks well, whatever. Yeah. What advice do you tend to sort of lean into or find is really useful for clients that are trying to move their uh, their cats over to the raw diet? So for me, I would say, you know, there's a, like an in-between step. I would go dry to wet, wet to raw, because sometimes dry to raw is extreme. It can be in terms of taste, texture, impact on the gut biome, digestive system, it, it it's a, it's a big change. Just like us going from like green uh, McDonald's to green smoothies, like your body's going to be a bit, bit shocked. But you can also bring in play elements. So play into the mental health. So get a chicken wing tip and, you know, put it on a bit of string. We did this with baby Max, who might hear a bell. He's just come into my office and is playing with a toy on the floor. Uh, we had a chicken tip, a wing tip, and we were, you know, dangling in front of him to encourage him to play with it. And, the second time we did it, he had a bit of a, and he, and he gnawed on it a little. So how can you bring it into play? How can you stimulate their innate drive? You know, so I, I would say, think about what you're comfortable handling yourself as a human, because not all humans are comfortable touching a piece of meat or, you know, whatever it may be. Can you hide it? Can you bring in the, the kind of hunter innate ability in them? Because every cat's got it. You might just, it might just be buried really, really deep. You might just have to draw it out a little. So again, do it a couple of times. Hide it in different places and, you know, br bring in the fun element. We, we get so lost in, I must get my cat on raw or I must do this. And, and our energy really affects that as well. So for you and your cat, I would say have fun. Think of ways to have fun with it. Love yeah. that tip. That's so Psycho. good. Because owners, owners have a, have a, have, are getting nutrition PTSD here. There's a lot of information coming from everywhere. And they've got one side, the, the, the trusted uh, vet practitioner saying you're going to kill them. And the other side, you've got the internet and very strange messages. And people are really confused and scared. And I have to get it right. And if I don't, you know, his, he'll, he'll be sick. So that's, that's a great tip that you bring a bit of, bit of crack back into it. Uh, and the movement and stuff. And what about hiding it? So what do you mean? Give me an example of hiding uh, a tree. Do you mean a little bit of meat somewhere in a in a Kong type thing somewhere in the garden or what, what? Give us an example. So what I would what I would do is I wouldn't use wet food because it can be whether it's in jelly or, or um, you know, like gravy and stuff. It can be quite messy. So we use freeze dried treats and I call them treats, but they're not really treats. That's only because that's the way we give them. It's basically freeze dried meat and there's no the brand that we use. We use 
Can I tell people what brands we use? I'm not like an affiliate or anything. Go on, we'll get money off them later. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing, you know, the cat is what we use. So we use a brand called uh, Cosma, um, and you, we get it from we get it from Zupa. You can also use Thrive, and they are just like literally freeze dried pieces of meat. So our boys like chicken. Um, Max has tried a couple of salmon ones. You can get duck, but they're I have them on my desk because I'm an awesome cat mum and my boys come on my desk. So you can, they're like, you see? Big. Lovely. Like really all the big. cubes. Yeah. Mm. It's like a, a cube of, all right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's like a cube of feta. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are what I would use, Connor. I would flick it across the floor because then that gives them the, the runner to it. You know, I would use it a little... Um, you can get little mice, mice, plastic mice that've got little holes in so that they bop it and it and it rolls over and the trees ah. come out. Um, yeah. yeah, put it in the garden if they're able to have access to outside. Like you know, you limit your imagination, people. You know, you you yeah. can whatever crazy thing you can think of. Like you don't want to put it under your pillowcase unless you want your cat like snarfling when you're trying to get to sleep. But you know, yeah. put them anywhere. Yeah. And what do you feed your cats? Julianne, what do you feed your cats? So Leo's on raw completely. Uh, he's yeah. a mixture and it's pre-made. I don't make it myself. I've looked at it a couple of times, but it's not for me. So he's on uh, three different brands of pre-made. And Max is on all three because Max came to us in February from a rescue centre. And he's recently been in a referral centre for a breathing problem. So he's gone back a stage. So he was 80% uh, raw, 20% uh, wet. But now we're, we've gone back to probably about 10% dry, eight, uh, 70, I can't get math sorted. He's probably about 10% raw, 10% dry, and 80% wet at the moment because he's, he's still not 100%. Yeah, that, that works. I would definitely say that that psychophysiological preempting food is just great. And actually, for those of you who are a bit funny about playing with food, um, I've even found just playing with the feather ticklers, just um, anything that's getting them to pounce and prey, you know, get on to, to stuff. And then also that feeding around those real impact times for cats, which is dawn and dusk. You know, if you really want to, and it's great for raw feeders because they're usually the coolest times of day uh, as well. So you can, you know, put that, that food up high. Sometimes it's also advantageous. So putting it on the windowsill. Um, and actually letting them feed in those in those environments. I love that you've brought up that behavioural side, that psychophysiological driver for feeding. That's brilliant. Uh, uh, on, a, on a note you said earlier, Julianne, what is the difference between mental and emotional health, and how important do you think it is that a cat gets access to the outside to do his thing? Well, that's like a like an essay question there, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit long. Sorry, I want to get those two in. So is Julianne writing your blogs? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just recording this, Julianne. <laughs> so for me, mental and emotional health are aligned. They're linked, but they are different. So, you know, mental health is the overall well-being. You know, how secure is the cat in its environment? How healthy does it feel with its day-to-day -day activity? How well is it able to express, express its normal cat behaviours? You know, that all contributes to the mental health. The emotional health is how does it feel about all of that? You know, so 
Do they feel comfortable, confident, secure in their environment? Do they feel that they've got good relationships with their guardians? Do they feel emotionally stable? You know, are they over grooming? Are they displaying signs of aggression? Are they showing signs of anxiety? Are they withdrawn? You know, the emotions feed into the mental health, you know, so as much as we may talk about them separately, they are very much intertwined. And the second part of your question, indoor versus outdoor, was it? Yeah. Again, there's no right or wrong. What I would say is cats need enrichment and cats need to be able to thrive and to have good mental health. So for me, like, it depends, homeopathic answer, it depends on the cat because, you know, when we had Leo, they said to us, keep him in for six months and then let him out. He wasn't fully established in the home. He was still hiding a lot. He wouldn't come when called. We didn't have a good relationship with him. I wasn't comfortable letting him out. I didn't think he'd come home. So we kept him in for 12 months. By about 10 months, he was ready to go. And we were almost at the point where he'd started to overgroom as a sign of a stress response because he couldn't go outside because that was where he felt safe. So, you know, I he would have problems if he was kept indoors. That being said, Pickle, my previous cat, she very rarely went outdoors. And it was great because I knew she was always safe because I am a worried mum. And, you know, she was always in the house, but we did enrichment for her. So, yes, we did heights and, you know, levels and... Um, toys and play but we did more you know we I remember once we brought in this big branch had fallen off a tree in a storm we we cut some of the leaves off and we brought the whole bloody branch in because we were like you know it'll smell great bring the outdoors indoors so people I'm not suggesting you go and cut down you know your bushes and your branches at the back but if you can bring in something that I would call a sensory garden towel or a blanket you know some leaves some some weeds some grasses a bit of mud a bit of dirt you know a rock like, I know it sounds crazy, but even just 20 minutes with your cat being able to sniff and smell and investigate all of that, great for their mental and emotional health. So it's really about what's right for the cat mum or cat dad and the cats and their environment. You know, we live on a busy main road up the front, so the cats don't go out the front, they're only allowed out the back. Now, yes, of course, they can get around to the front, but, you know, we try to limit them by just going outside. We back onto some local woods. So... It isn't a one-size-fits-all. You know, if you're in a busy, if you're like in London, then you probably want to have an indoor cat. You know, if you've got like five acres, why would you be keeping them indoors? You know, that being said, if you've got like coyotes, I was talking to a friend yesterday. She's got like, I think it's 16 or 19 cats and she keeps them indoors because they've got coyotes. So she's harness training no. one or two of hers, you know, to take them out during the day. So, sorry. 16 <laughs> I presume 16 she cats. doesn't live in Broyden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy cat woman. Interesting, Julianne. You 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 mentioned that you're you're vegan. How does how does that how comfortable? Because you love your cats. That's really obvious. Uh, how how do you square those arguments that that you won't kill for yourself or be part of that process for yourself? And yet you've got these cats who you love dearly and they are obligate carnivores. Just walk us through that for a minute or two. I have to pick my battles. You know, I have to choose what is right for me and what is right for my boys. So if I wanted a veggie eating animal, I could get a rabbit. In fact, I don't know if they eat me. I assume they're like omnivores, are they? Yeah, yeah, herbivores. Anyway. Herbivores. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you've got a killer rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you know, I choose to have obligate carnivores as pets. You know, in fact, I don't see them as pets. They're my babies. They're my boys. But I need to do what's best for them. And that is different to what's best for me. You know, I have to separate them. So when we look at the food stuff that we get and the sources where we get some of their food, it is heartbreaking to look that some of them are farmed. And it is heartbreaking to look at what's going into their tummies. But I see them thrive. And that, that's all that I need to see. So, you know, it, it, I have to compartmentalize it. So what's right for me, I choose that. I have to try to do my best for them. That is to, to give them a species-appropriate diet that is catered to their needs. That's not that's not fair for me to say. Well, I'm I don't eat meat. You shouldn't eat meat. That's not. I, I'm 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 their mum. I'm not their what's the word like dictator. Like you know that that's not fair in my my opinion. Like the veggies for cats thing is interesting, is it? Because like we have videos of YouTube videos of cats trying to eat a piece of broccoli and and you know a, a vegetarian or vegan person saying, oh my cat loves vegetables. And what we know of cats is something similar to dogs is that in the first few weeks of life, uh, there's an imprinting period in cats as well, where you can train the cat to say, look, this is normal food. This is normal food. And the cat will later on say, oh, OK, I, I'm a broccoli avore. And they start eating broccoli on YouTube. And then the people start saying he loves broccoli. And so that use of the word love is a little bit misleading. It's like, well, you've trained him to eat broccoli. Is it actually a useful food source for him? Um, I don't know, do cats eat many veggies? They, as an obligate carnivore, I can't see it being in their pyramid at all, bar a tiny bit of stomach contents, perhaps. Um, is there any place for veggies or berries or whatnot in a, in a cat's life? Any space for berries or whatnot in a cat's life? I love yeah. that. But in my opinion, I, I'm aligned with you. So what they would eat, you know, like Nala and the mouse, she's eating what's, you know, either partially or digested in the, in the mouse's tummy. What I would say is if you've got a cat that is eating unusual food stuff, and by that I would say like fruits and vegetables and things, I would look at potentially there's a deficiency. You know, what is it they're trying to help heal themselves with, which okay. does kind of move into the realm of the zoopharma work and the self-selection, you know, with grasses and nutrients and things. So in my experience, no, I I've not had cats that have done that, um, and I wouldn't particularly suggest there was a place for it. I would be more aligned of the, you know... It's meat and bones, etc. Et yeah. The last, the last thing on your, on your, on your CV there, Julianne, uh, you mentioned the word chakra a lot. Do you want to tell me what a chakra is and how you work with it? Um, what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> tell us about chakra. I know nothing. What is this thing you took off? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the name. It's. It's the name of the Indian restaurant down the road, and it's excellent. If anybody wants an excellent Indian restaurant, it's called Shakra and Greystones. It's very famous. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Julianne, tell us about this Shakra business. I know it. Uh, I know it works for you. What is it? Yeah. So you know everything's made of energy, uh, and the, the, you know your bookcases, your photo frames, you know everything. Everything is made of energy, and chakras are the body's portals of energy, essentially. So you know to give it a really high level, you know. There are seven main chakras, the colors of which are here on my logo. There are, like for every acupressure point or every acupuncture point, there, that is considered a minor chakra. Um, so basically, it's how energy comes into, flows around, and comes out of the body. So the seven main ones, they start at the root. Um, so that's by the tail for cats and their feet. And they work up through the body, and it finishes with the crown at the top of the head. So each of the chakras is aligned with different parts of the body different emotions um they've got a different frequency and 
basically, you know, when I do chakra clearing, cleansing and balancing with cats, it's to try to understand and feel in them what is out of balance, what is out of alignment. So, you know, what has got blocks because you know, energy is like water, you know, it needs to flow. Now you could have boulders in the stream and the water will still flow. It might be a little disjointed, but you know, it still has to flow and energy is exactly the same. So if you can remove those balance, those blocks, um, you know, you can help the energy to flow, which then heals and helps to balance the physical body. So energy manifests itself in physical issues if it's blocked. That's cool. How can you manipulate it? But I understand that's the, the point of acu, uh, acupuncture because it works so well with me. Um, I had a frozen shoulder, I had a frozen elbow or golfing elbow, even though I don't play golf. It was, a, it was frozen and acupuncture. She started on this side of my body and I was like, no, it's my elbow. You're going, where are you going? You're down on my knee. And she goes, no, it's, you know, these pressure points. So I totally get it, totally work for me. But how can you help a person or a cat uh, or especially a person with a cat who knows nothing about uh, pressure points? Um, or um, these points? How can you manipulate it from far away? So this is probably where I'm going to get a bit woo-woo for you guys. So, you know, it is the sort of... Go for it. It is the, it's the energy. So it's like a radio. It's tuning in to the radio. You know, I find the frequency. So basically, people will send to me, you know, like I worked with a lady yesterday, a cat's in the US, and she sent me a photo of her cat, you know, eyes open, facing towards the screen. I was able, once I've calmed my mind, my logic, my psychology brain, you know, I've got a degree in psychology. So the logic bit in me is like quite noisy. I quieten that. And then I sort of drop into my heart center and I can almost like tune into my, tune my radio to find the frequency of the cat. And then I feel in myself what's going on. So like this cat I worked with today, uh, yesterday, sorry, it was very angry. It was very hot. Um, there was a lot of energy in the lower chakras and I basically sit and help to, to shift it, to clear it. So it's, yeah, it's a little, you know, I know it's unconventional and it's not, you know, traditional medicine, but I've had some phenomenal results with it with my own cat, you know, with clients and things. So it, it's the, the other bit that goes with the physical, the mental, the emotional, it's the spiritual, you know, and it's the energy piece that actually affects all the others as well. So you know, they're, they're all tied together and it's really about trying to work at the, the That's foundation. Cool. That's cool. Like you, we say, you call it, you call it, before I met these two uh, vets, you know, I think the best vets in the world that I've ever had the, the joy of working with. And before I met these guys, I would have been uh, bordering the cynical with homeopathy. And so uh, it was really, I got a serious telling off one night. Uh, I was out with Nick and... Uh, uh, and up in Finland, one of our heroes, Professor Hein Borgman, and I said something disparaging about star signs or something, and she shot me a glance. And she goes, "What do you know about star signs?" And I'm like, "I was like, oh, uh, what?" It's like two o'clock in the morning, you know. We're trying to, and uh, she goes, "She goes, what do you know about star signs?" I bet nothing, and I was like, "Very little." I knew she had me straight away. I knew all the the poo pooed ideas, and she goes, "She goes, but everything in the sea mates at the same time. You understand in nature it happens like that, and you understand gravitational pull, and we're all water." And I'm just nodding to this point after point after point that she makes. And she knows there's behavioral studies. You've seen them. And I'm like, well, not really, but I heard they exist. So that was the very last time I poo-pooed anything. So like, you know, now when you hear what these guys and see what these guys can do and turn these cases around, these impossibly difficult cases and homeopathy is often a part of it. And then you're forced to explore it and the studies and the evidence for it. Then suddenly I'm like, I cannot believe this thing is still being repressed. It's so amazing. And so like, Every new thing, we feel like we have to kind of say, well, look, you know, not everyone does this. That's usually where the gold is. So uh, 
Yeah, keep digging. I think that's really interesting. The mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. Oh, yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> He's happy but, with that one. But. <laughs> but. But. Uh, if, you're, if, if, if you're. Oh, what's the. the, the oh, it's that. Spoiled it's now. It's two sides to every coin. The other side of that is if your brain. If your mind is too open, be careful your brain doesn't fall out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's you've got to be in that zone, open but not, not, not. Yeah. Yeah. Not too like it's open. just it's like it, it's it's but you know people people think that uh, science and academia they're very confused over the two of them. And a science is a simple process. If you give it a go, try it, and if it works, that's science. You've just done a scientific procedure. I did what you did, and does it work with me with my individual in front of me or m- my kids or my body? That's pure science. Academia is having to. Uh, publish it in a, in a journal and whatnot. It's a separate kind of thing. Those two I can get very, very confused. And so I love the science of it. And unfortunately, our ways of looking at some things are very, very confused. Like we bloody don't know what dark matter is. It's most of the weight of the universe. And we know it's there, but we just can't measure it with the tools we have at the moment. And we will eventually. But like, uh, so I believe this, I totally believe in this kind of energy buzz. I know there's something to it. There's countless examples of these things working. Horses are great and very receptive to it. You've got Reiki and all that kind of stuff. That's going down the same route, is it? Or is that a completely different beast? Yeah, very, very, very much so. So it is very much Reiki. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a Reiki master and, and it is totally to do with that. You know, it is about energy and, it, and not being funny. Like, it's not one or the other. So if, if Max, God forbid, like such words, breaks his leg, I'm not going to just heal that with energy, right? I'm going to need a vet to put in a, I don't know, a pin or whatever it needs to do. You know, so it's not just, it's not like the way, like I said, right at the beginning, you know, it's all about complementary. So Max has just had a situation where we had breathing problems, he had to have a CT, a lung wash, you know, we've had a whole host of things going on. And, you know, as a result of that, now that's kind of behind us, his energy is not right. His appetite is still not 100%. His behavior, his personality is still not 100%. But if you take him, if I take him to my vet, she's going to tell me that he's fine. You know, and I know that he's not because he doesn't feel right. And I can't tell you what that is, but it just doesn't feel right to me. Valium, so, you know, valium. I've got to, what did you say? Give him Valium. That's the solution. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have a little that's, bit of that. <laughs> that's why he's not a vet. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying what? if you brought what? him to the vet, that might be the solution. Jesus, edit that out, not, please. Not a pain relief. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have a good sleep. That fixes everybody. <laughs> so, Julianne, just if, do you want to just uh, what? How would you like to close today? Thank you, Nick. So I, I, I would say, you know, don't forget that your cat is individual. You know, they are unique, and no one knows them better than you. So, yes, we can all come on here and we'll share with you our experience, our knowledge, our suggestions and recommendations. Take what works for you and don't feel like you've got to do it all. You know, try try one thing. What's one thing you can try? Do you want to get the book and look at herbs and hydrosols? Do you want to try moving your cat from dry to wet? Don't don't try it all. We're human, you know, and life is busy and there's a lot going on. So if nothing else, you know, just take a moment to look at your cat and appreciate them for the beautiful being that they are. Because in my opinion, they're sentient, they're sensitive, and they're really, really awesome. So I'm going to say that I hope that you guys will have me back again, like next quarter maybe, to do more cat talk. (laughs) 
If you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Naturally Cats. My website is www.naturallycats.co.uk. I offer a range of services from the energy work, help with herbs and um, behavior stuff as well. So if you've got any questions, get in touch. And just to, as a final note, thank you all gentlemen for having me. It has been so much fun and I would really, really love to do it again. So thank you. It's been great. Absolutely. Love having it. Brilliant. And, and would I just say for all of those cat lovers out there, we might even get you back monthly. Uh, Amaya oh. wants to come on, you know. Maybe maybe we'll get rid of these two dog lovers and we'll just, just do cats, you know. Yeah. Just uh, we'll just do... We'll be the cool cats on the block, okay? And these guys can have holiday. No, I don't know. <laughs> and, and for also, your book is called The Aromatic Cat. Those, those links posted at, at the start of the show, but The Aromatic Cat, you're going to find it. And it's also on your website as well. And uh, check out the reviews, guys. It, it, it does the business. So um, listen, thanks again, Julianne. That was fantastic, guys. Uh, I'm not sure what we've got planned for next week, but as always, I'm sure we'll get to talking and, and plotting on WhatsApp. Well done, lads. Well done, Julianne. Cool. There we go. That's brilliant. Thanks, guys. See you all next week. Look out for all of the posts. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, guys. Bye-bye. Blind, <laughs> <laughs>